we cut a lot of rubbish out <laughs> and we got straight to the nub. You know, because it was, wasn't it? It was, as Dave said. We we had. We had about 15, we went from one yeah. sentence to about 15 well, 2008, pages. they were a whisper in the wind. They were yeah. just a recommended. To be fair. Then over the next few years, we got all these graphs of the Charts. UK and the lightning yes. strokes and the calculations. And yes. And Nobody now, did it. Now it's gone. So we've gone 15 pages, been taken out of the regs. So surely then, if all them regulations have gone, we don't have to fit them. Mm. Actually, it's more like the other way around. <laughs> Hello and welcome. You join us for another CEF Tech Talking podcast. You've got Dave and myself, Darren. And this week, we have got... got the king of the SPDs, oh. Mr. Rob. <laughs> very oh. kind indeed. Thank you for having me. No, thank you very much for coming all this way. We, <laughs> we appreciate you because you're down on the South Coast, aren't you? Yeah. And we're nowhere near the South Coast. <laughs> We're currently actually today, we're in Biggleswade. So Biggleswade is our main distribution centre and you've come and joined us here so we can get set up. And mm-hmm. uh, we appreciate the drive. It wasn't easy. So thank you very much for, for doing that. Quite that was right. brilliant. Um, whilst we're here with you, mm-hmm. we've got some questions. Okay. Yeah. We, wanna, we really want to – well, let's take a look at SPDs to start with because the, the regs have sort of seemed to have dismissed SPDs. No, we don't need them, do we? Because we've chopped down from 17 pages to just a couple of small paragraphs. Well, so I, I, I think the reality is we cut a lot of rubbish out <laughs> and we got straight to the nub. You know, because it was, wasn't it? It was, as Dave said. We, we had – we had about 15, we went from one yeah. sentence to about 15 well, 2008, pages. they were a whisper in the wind. They were yeah. just a recommended. To be fair. Then over the next few years, we got all these graphs of the Charts. UK and the lightning yes. strokes and the calculations. And Yes. And Nobody now, did it. Now it's gone. So we've gone 15 pages, been taken out of the regs. So surely then, if all them regulations have gone, we don't have to fit them. Mm. Actually, it's more like the other way around. <laughs> um, we, as I say, we cut out the map, the calculation, which nobody did. And we cut out all of that stuff because I think generally the feedback wasn't that great. That's a fair comment. And and, um, we just said, well, okay, how can we do this? And it was really one of the main sort of of membership organisations, if I can put it like that, that said, we need something far simpler. And we said, okay, what have you got? So we just had three tick boxes. And if you tick one of those... And this is always going to be for properties without lightning protection, because if you have lightning protection, it's a, a given. Yeah, you've yeah. got to do it anyway, haven't you? Yeah. So it really captured all of the safety services, whether there was a threat to human life or whether there's data or financial loss. Yeah. If you tick any of those boxes, you fit the SPD. Yes. And then there was a caveat about it, uh, really a conversation, I yeah. guess, with the Whether homeowner. it's tolerable or th- yeah, to that, accept the data exactly. loss. Whatever. Yeah, that tolerable risk was always mentioned as well, wasn't there? So accepting that we are fitting them then, yeah. by and large, that's, that's the recommendation. It is. It's a shell in some instances. Yeah. One of the things that got discussed a lot when we were with the, the guys doing the last series of tech talks was this business of how you would coordinate devices. That's and in a, let's, in a domestic, let's turn to domestic to start off with, right? So... What is an SPD doing and why do we have to coordinate them? Why is there a drop-off of, say, 10, 15 metres yeah. to the next device? Well, just say, um, talk us through. So if you have a, an SPD in your consumer unit, that's going to take care of anything coming in through the origin. Yes. Yep. And it's going to have a set of performance values, which is probably unique to each manufacturer. Get that. So if you have one at the origin and the place is sufficiently big, i.e. that the cable runs are quite long, you've got lots of sensitive equipment, 
LED drivers everywhere, lots of computers, um, mobile computers, phones. Yeah, the whole um, sort of nine yards. You may need some more. Yeah. Now, that could be that some are just plugged into a trailing socket, which has got built-in surge protection. So yeah, you, you see a lot of them, don't you? Telly. Yeah. Mm. So that, that's the Type 3, isn't it? Yes. So we've gone from the Type 2 that would be at the origin of this domestic dwelling to offering local protection with a trailing lead and it's the coordination lane devices that will truly fully protect my mobile phone or my uh, driver or whatever isn't it yeah i've been using the word attenuator because that's effectively what they do they attenuate the surge but it it can build up again can't it it, it can so uh, if you have like a very good installation at the origin and i appreciate i'm using a lot of arm movement which for radio is not good but, um, <laughs> but you can watch it on youtube <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's a great, great thank, you, thank you for that go to youtube yeah. <laughs> yes so even if you have uh, an spd at the origin after 10 meters the the residual voltage because you don't you don't get 240 volts out you get say i don't know a couple of kv yeah that's fine because the reg says I can get with, get away with two and a half kV. Yep. But after ten meters, the reg says that's, this is in section five three four. It doubles, so my two kV now goes up to four kV, which my system cannot tolerate. So I have to slap it down again. Yep. And that means it's either the type three, which I've plugged in my computer into yep. and my printer and all the rest of it, or if I've got sufficiently large loads, I may have another type. Two, which again, if I've got so my dwelling, yes. I've got a consuming at the origin. I've also got consuming it that's right down the bottom of the garden, which is in the the garage and my home office. Right. So I haven't got SPDs down there though. No, I'm not. Uh-huh. So this is where that problem that you've just said would occur. Yes. If the problem occurred down the bottom there. I'd have no protection from coming Indeed. back into the installation. So we're not talking overhead, we're talking underground. That, underground's yes. equally vulnerable. I, exactly. I mean, it's the same risk assessment because you've got a cable underground coming into the property for the power coming in, and then you've got a current um, going down to this summer house or workshop down the bottom of your garden. So the risk assessment is that if there was a nearby lightning strike, looking at the worst-case scenario, it would be the same rise of ground potential, the same induced current. So you need an SPD at that other location. Also, you may need a third because that cable is coming back into your main property. This is the bit I was going to come on to because mm. I know that as we look at BS7671 and and you do have to really read all of the section because you need to understand, as you said in 534, you need to look at those zonal concepts that yes. we need to apply. Now, Quickly, yeah. could you explain what zonal concepts are? Absolutely. <laughs> now, you do have that little round sort of diagram in the book, but basically zone zero is outside. That's yep. where lightning is. That's the most dangerous zone. Got you. So for the purposes of a dwelling, we could say that zone one is the inside volume of the house. Yep. And in your case, you have another zone one, which is the other outbuilding. Cool. So in 534.4.1.2, it says that if a cable crosses a zonal interface from the outside in, yeah. you fit the SPD. At that point, don't you? Yes. Right. So this is the bit, Dave. Okay, we, we'd have to fit it. So where my cable goes out from the upstairs ring final circuit, it goes out to supply the, the garage. You'd have to put one there. Yep. There yes. because it needs one for that. But, yeah. but also I should be putting one where that cable comes back into the main house because that's the point where if there's a problem, I need to stop it going between zone zero into zone, into one. zone one. Yeah, yeah. So how many zones can we get then? 
in a house, probably two. Outside and If it was a big dwelling then and you fitted a second type two, let's say, would that become another zone? Um, Well, the the zone is actually defined as being screened. So um, when we talk about the volume of the building, what we're saying is that a brick and tile property isn't really a zone, but your consumer unit's metal. And that is screened and it is a zone. Right. Now, you might get people saying, oh, yeah, but my old consumer unit's plastic. Well, that's great. But the same methodology applies. I got you. Because you don't want surges coming from outside, whether it's down the DNO supply or through a natural event coming into your property. So you you approach it in exactly the same way. So somebody who's looking at a a larger property, I'm thinking about my place. It's over three floors. I've got my studio is on the top. Here, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I've not been to some of them, of course, because that's where the staff live. But, but I understand they're up there somewhere. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Somebody's got to make breakfast. Uh, but I, I often wonder whether I should have an SPD right up at the top, because it must be a good 30 metres of cable between the consumer unit working yes. its way through the floors, up the joists, mm. up the walls. Mm. Do I need a, a, another Type two up there? Well, if your studio is full of some nice mixing desks and all the rest of it, It it's going to cost a lot of money, but the SPD won't. But if you have it up there, you're providing a path from the phase conductors to earth if something happens. And without it, you don't have that path, which happens when there's a rise. Because an SPD is basically sitting there doing, to be honest, not a great deal until until something happens on in a high voltage event. Mm. And then it turns off and then we go on to the next one and so on and so on. The the important thing is that SPDs are not a one-shot device. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean... This zonal concept, we sort of we discussed it domestically, but if we take it to, for instance, this large building, that yeah, we're, we're, we're sitting in a massive building. Yes. This must have multiple zones, I'd imagine. Um, yeah, zone zero is still outside. Yeah, this building has lightning protection. Yes, so the entire volume of this huge metal box is zone one, and all of your distribution boards and control panels are zone two within zone one. So automatically, every distribution board is now a multiple of however many they are. Right. So I've got this to ask you, because I know some of the panels downstairs that we've got. Mm-hmm. Um, you're talking about putting type one or type two on these panels yes. on the electrical installation. Yes. But downstairs, because this is the main distribution hub, relies on a lot of connection to the Internet and to the outside world. All the phone lines that are coming into this place, surely they are a route from zone zero to wow. zone one as well. They are if the cable's copper. Right. So at the oh, minute, so I believe like it fiber. could be fibre. Oh, okay. So fibre, we're safe. But that if they, if they were old existing copper from BT Exchange to here, yes. it's all still comes with the BT Exchange, is it? Your provider might change, but that would yes. be them providing the link. Yeah. Is there anything we can put on there? Because surely, if I, if I just leave that back door open, I've, I've just spent all this money on SPDs, mm. but it's a waste if I haven't shut the back door. Absolutely. We, we've yes. both been to the, the factory at Dane in Germany. I mean, it's absolutely bristling with SPDs, isn't it? it every single circuit. It is. It's well, not, only, one of the f- not only every single circuit, but every single phone line yeah. in. Yes. And yeah. every, everything that breaches, as you said earlier on, that zero to one or into two or into three, every time you break those zonal concept, they're installed in SPDs. So, now, is that because you're setting up an ultimate model for visitors like us to see? Or is that really the way it should be in a factory? It is the, the way it should be. And they do position it 
really for the purposes of display. Mm. It's like there are sections in the floor where you see the foundation earth. Yes. All of their distribution yeah. boards and control panels have a clear front or you can see an image of what's yeah. behind it. Yeah. So you can see what's going on. And even all of the, the network, the cabling, um, Cat5, Cat6, all the rest of it, wherever that goes from one building to the other, it's copper. So to keep that factory working, we need to have that Ethernet network operating. Like us. So, you know, if lightning hits this massive tin shed and, you know, someone's bolted a control panel for the conveyor system to a steel upright and lightning hits the roof, the lightning current takes the easiest path and that could be down that upright. Oh, it would, yeah. Which the control panel was bolted onto (laughs) and that's the end of your conveyor system. And I've seen it in similar places where they've been taken offline, had to import loads of temporary labour to start throwing boxes around, (laughs) which is not the best image. Can you you imagine that out there? (laughs) (laughs) It would cause a bit of a fuss, wouldn't it? This is for online. We're we're, we're at Bigglesway online. How many boxes do you reckon are there? And if it was completely manhandled, it would, as you quite rightly said, be a fortune. So, I mean, a lot of this stuff, when you're talking to clients – it's not a hard sell, I'd say, because you would propose that, wouldn't you? You'd say to them, look, this is the risk. You can have this, and I'm putting this in in compliance with regulations. If you're saying, I don't want to go to the expense of doing that, so, again, you, you want to then move away from SPDs, just talk to them about the ultimate risk. <laughs> Absolutely. It's the same as selling insurance, though, isn't it? When you are it selling is. the possibility that things might go wrong in the future. Absolutely. Yeah. And it, it's more of a permanent insurance because the lifespan is years. They're going to keep going and going and going. And, and you know, it's not like you have to have a, an annual premium. Once you've fitted it, that's it. That's yeah, because they, they, they are perishable devices, yeah. but they've got more than one life strike, haven't they? In this country, um, as, as an example, I had a phone call from the, uh, one of the stock exchanges. Don't quite know which one. But it was in London, financial institution. They said, oh, you know, this Dane SPD's failed. <clears throat> oh, dear. Oh, okay. Well, it happens. They gave me the part number. I couldn't find it anywhere. It was like 30 years old. So, you know, people don't want to think that these things are going to pop like fuses or light bulbs and you have to replace them frequently. You know, it's just not like that. No, no. And and, I mean, so this is one of the things that I've noticed with SPDs, right? So we get an SPD and the standard quite rightly suggests that there needs to be an indicator on there. Mm -hmm. So the indicator tells us whether these devices are good to go or whether they need replacing. So we take that, that, quite good safety device and we stick it in a box and put a lid on it yeah we do <laughs> yes we do that what, why do we do that <laughs> um well there is the option for a vault free contact so you can monitor monitor them remotely mm-hmm. uh, which i think is a very good idea because you know let, let's imagine you have one in your house you have the spd fitted and this summer we've had lots of storms yes and, and a colleague said to me the other day that Every degree of global warming that we have is a 12% increase of lightning. Oh, wow. Brilliant, isn't it? Oh, it's for you. Oh, we <laughs> must have loved that one. Oh, we do. So if we have two degrees, we've just jumped up by a quarter, mm. which is fantastic news. <laughs> and the, I mean, the thing that, that I suppose a lot of people don't realise, you don't know this is happening. And what we're talking about lightning, but they do protect against other Man-made surges, natural Abs- surges. Absolutely. Th- this is the big yes. thing, isn't it? Yeah. The majority of over-voltage events that we see in the UK 
are man-made. Yeah. Yeah. So the Type 2s that we're installing isn't necessarily going to protect from a lightning strike that happens down the road, although it will do that, but more if we see the network, and we know that the network is breaking down, mm-hmm. a break in a neutral will create a spike, and that can damage your power supply to your laptop, your computer, your iPhone, mm-hmm. anything like that. The Type 2 device would protect against that type of event, wouldn't it? That's what it's there for. And fitting an SPD isn't like an umbrella over your house to stop lightning hitting it. They've got to make that clear. You know, it's not anything to do with lightning protection at all. Yeah. You know, if lightning wants to hit your house and burn it down, it's going to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we talked about, you know, in your garden where you've got that long cable going down. And the, the regs do say if a cable crosses a zonal interface. But I wouldn't put an SPD on my porch light. You know, if, if, that if one, lightning that... wants to hit my porch light, <laughs> yeah. then, then it can. <laughs> the SPD's not going to help me. Yeah, that's the bit. least of your worries, isn't exactly. it, really? Yes. Now, one thing I do want to just quickly trust, touch upon is um, there's lots of manufacturers out there. I know you can't talk about other manufacturers apart from yourself, but just want to get ahead around this this idea. So some manufacturers are suggesting that if they're installing these in consumers or distribution boards, they need to give it a separate overcurrent protective device. So they're going from an overcurrent protective device into their SPD. Now, some are, some aren't. Mm. Is this, well, can you get SPDs that have either integral overcurrent protective devices or can you get SPDs out there that are don't need that additional protection yes and we do do them because we recognize that the overcurrent protection takes up room it's additional cost etc so we do have type ones and type twos which don't need any fusing at all it's all built in um the the fusing is is there just in case when the spd reaches the end of its life it wants to fail as a short circuit let's be clear that's not its behavior mode Uh, behavior mode is to basically blow up which would be an open circuit Yeah. yeah Um, but you have to allow for these sorts of things, um, especially if you have a particularly large event and it f- thinks, oh, okay, I'm going to f- fail as a short. Don't want that. Also, you need discrimination over your service head. Now, for our Type 2 devices, they're rated 125 amps, so you don't need to have that additional overcurrent protection anyway, but we fit a breaker into the consumer unit because it's the easy way to break out the consumer unit <laughs> to go to an SPD. Yeah, yeah, because... For future, when you're going into installations and you're going to start doing EICRs, you need to isolate the SPD to carry out your testing. Yes. If you haven't got that, you, then it's hard to do. But again, the configuration of many consumers that are out there can have it one side of the main switch or the other side. And you can, if you've got the ones that can pop out, the, the sellers that can pop yeah, they're out, very you can good use on those as well. The plug so, up with them out. Yeah, yes. so you yeah. can do those as well. So there's lots of solutions that are out there. But that, that, that really does confirm to me what I thought about the need or the not need for some of these. It's, it's down to you as, you as the installers and you as the designers Designers. to find the one that does or doesn't require the over current protective device. And, and, you know, each manufacturer has its own set of instructions, of course, but what you can't do is you can't feed a Type 1, which is rated at 12,500 amps of lightning current or 25kA in some cases, you can't feed that with a 6kA domestic breaker. (laughs) Yeah, no, you But people do. (laughs) And, and, you know, we've seen images, because you've been on gigs with me, where a consumer unit is destroyed, (laughs) and that is the sort of lightning level. And the MCBs never survive. No, they won't. So you can't have an MCB feed in the thing which is supposed to be doing the protection. (laughs) So it doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah, horse and cart. Yeah, yeah. Self-disconnecting, really, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I get that. Robin, we could probably talk for... 
hours always, of yes, waste. Yes. However, that's the end of this podcast. Is it? Yes. So thank you very much for this. Thank was you. it painless? It was. There you go. We told yes. you it'd be nice to you, didn't we? The value and work well. Yes. <laughs> and as usual, when I sit down with you, I've learned something. Which yeah, is which is absolutely great. Now, for those of you listening to this CEO Tech Talk podcast, um, we'd like to say, look, if you enjoyed it, subscribe, share and like and let everyone else feel the love as well. Because a lot of love in the room today, isn't there? Oh, I'm loved up, mate. <laughs> right. From me, Dave and Robin, thank you very much for listening to this CF Tech Talking Podcast. Thank you.